Hey, Fight fans, welcome to another episode of Punch This Podcast. We have LFA lightweight Dakota Harry Bush on the show this week. We talk about his 57-second TKO victory on LFA 98 and how his last win might get the UFC buzzing. We also get into his UFC fandom side and what the future holds for the rising 155-er. So let's get into it. All right, all right. So I'm with uh, LFA lightweight Dakota Bush. How's everything going, big dog? It's going great, man. You know, just got back uh, Saturday and had a big win Friday. So ready to keep the, the ball rolling. Let's get into that win against Austin Clem. Damn. Hey, 57 seconds, Dakota? Yeah, I mean, it, it don't get much better than that. You know, I, I would like to have shown my stand-up a little more and, you know, showcase a little more of what I got. But you can't complain with that. No, not at all. I think that was uh, the last stand-up when you had was your first pro fight, right? Back in 2016? Yeah, that was my last uh, finish, you know, TKO or knockout. Yeah, and that was, I think, that was against Mateo Coloso, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, yep. Man, so you fast-forwarded to, what, this past Friday, and you knocked this uh, this guy out in 57 seconds. So the game plan going into that, give me some details, Dakota. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> watching his fights, you know, with, uh, you know, Aaron Chalmers' his last fight, which was, uh, you know, Bellator had high hopes for him and is a big guy on their radar. And, you know, watching his fight with that, we knew he was going to, you know, most likely try to take me down and hold me down. And we thought that I was probably a better wrestler than him. And uh, his jujitsu, I really don't think he would have subbed me or been able to do anything with me if he would have got me down. But the game plan was definitely to keep it on the feet. And we knew if I landed any big shots, it was going to be over. So I heard that he came in a little bit overweight. With that being said, I know there's a little bit of shit talking going on. Give me some details on that. He asked for a catch weight, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if somehow it got misinterpreted or somewhere down the line they didn't get it or something, but uh, it was declined. And you know, I had 31 pounds to cut in three weeks, so it was, a, it was a little bit of a rough cut for me, but he ended up missing weight. You know, it happens, I get it, but I mean, I really don't get it because you know, I've never missed weight and I never exactly. will, you know. And that's one of the cardinal sins in the MMA world is you got to come clean, you got to come correct, and making that weight is part of the job. Yeah, and I, I really think there needs to be a heavier punishment, you know, than than what it is because obviously it's not heavy enough for people to keep missing weight. And with LFA, I know in the UFC it's a 20% fight purse. Is the yeah, same, I got the same. same thing with LFA. Yep. Wow, yeah. So again, you know, this Austin Clem kid, he wasn't no slouch. He came off that big win against, uh, I believe, against Chalmers, like you said, on the last fight of Bellator. So going up against a Bellator vet and getting that that win that you needed, and this kid being from Missouri, there had to be a little bit of rivalry going on. Yeah, I uh, I knew a couple guys, you know, that trained with him or, you know, seen him at jiu-jitsu tournaments or, and whatnot. But you know, nothing was really, you know, I've never crossed paths with him. I've never seen him or spoken with him. But, you know, I kind of got, I had a chip on my shoulder, you know, because he took the fight, you know, accepted the fight for me, you know, because his opponent, original opponent fell through. And then they called me up and uh, I agreed to fight him, but they were waiting on his response. Mm-hmm. And uh, he seemed really confident in taking it, you know, so. You know, props to him for doing so, but, you know, it kind of, you know, made me a little uh, uneasy thinking that, you know, he thought he was just going to come in and big brother me and, uh, you know, try to take my, you know, hard work and get a name off of me, you know. Yeah, yeah well, boy, man, you uh, you baptized him, man. That's for damn yeah. sure. <laughs> 
Hey, that leg kick. Oh man. I like, I wanted to ask you, Dakota, a TKO like that, what type of energy runs through the body? You, you can't, you can't explain it. I mean, there's, that's what I do it for, man. You chase that high. It's just like, there's no other feeling on earth that you can recreate or, you know, that can imitate this feeling you get from, you know, big finish, a big win in the cage. And man, it's the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Yeah. Well, the last few times I've seen you fight, especially on LFA, I look at my clock, man. It's already, yeah, your, your, your fight's already done. In and yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's how I like it, man. You know, I don't get paid by the minute. I'm trying exactly. to get in and get out. Yeah, yeah, no scratches. So let me ask you this, Dakota. Uh, moving forward, are we looking into a lightweight championship fight against um, Nick Brown? Or are we looking more towards the UFC? Um, you know, whatever comes first. Uh, I would love to fight in the UFC, you know, as quick as I can get there, I want to be there. But, you know, if that doesn't come and I have to fight more, then, yeah, Nick Brown is, he's the champ. He's, you know, I think I deserve a title shot. And I, I feel like you're on a collision course with, um, was it NyQuil Nick? And uh, one thing about this fight, I wouldn't mind watching it. But again, I would love to see you in the UFC. But if I had to pick kind of a, you know, well, I guess kind of a plan B, it'd be watching you fight for the strap. For the LFA lightweight strap. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's uh that's pretty much your your ticket to the the big show. You know, if you don't get there before then, if you get the belt, that's uh it it solidifies you up there. And like I said, Nick's no slouch, man. He's as tough as that. He's eleven you know, and one, eleven and two, right? I think eleven. Yeah, and one. eleven and one. And he's uh like I said, he's ready to you know to compete on the next level as well. He's He's a super, you know, he's just well-rounded. I mean, he's a black belt, really good wrestler, really good hands. And, uh, you know, it'd be fun for sure. I mean, it's, I know going into that fight mentally, I'm going to be in a war, you know. And uh, I would love it, you know. But like I said, you know, I want to get in the big show. I want to be fighting to the big money, big lights, you know. Props to LFA because I think from the outside perspective, LFA is a great launching pad for real fighters to get to the UFC. So my thing is in order to stamp that ticket, do you think you really need that, that championship fight to get it? Or do you think you can kind of just go based on your report card as is? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my strength of schedule is, uh, it compares to none, you know, uh, I fought seven times with the LFA and, uh, my two losses are to LFA champs, you know, and all five of my wins are, are finishes and I've had the tough fights you know I've I've fought high level guys and I've beat high level guys and lost close fights to high level guys but you know uh I think it speaks for itself and you know I'm ready to compete at the next level but it's just timing you know right now with COVID going on and you know if I could fall through next week and they need a 55er you know and you know it just depends who who they got on their list as you know their their next 55ers and 70ers and, and who be it, you know? So how active do you want to stay, Dakota? I definitely want to get, you know, four fights this year. Wow. I, uh, I've i been kind of slow on them, you know, like two, two a year is what I've been usually usually getting, and I haven't been liking that at all. I've, I've been wanting to stay more active, like three to four a year. But if I definitely get in the UFC, I want to be pumping out, yeah. you know, three, four fights a year. Talking about the UFC – You've been in the mix, but more so as a teammate. You went to Fight Island as a teammate, and I believe you just recently supported another one a couple of months back. Mm-hmm. 
so just being around that atmosphere again, Dakota, what inspires you to one day fight under that UFC banner? It's just the, you know, it's the apex, man. It's the, it's the NFL of football for, for fighting. You know, I, I don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be in the UFC. I want to be with the top dogs. You know, I got that, that burning pit in my stomach that I just want to compete with the best and being around the, the UFC guys and all the guys at that high level. It's just a different energy you get just being around all of them. You can just tell that these guys are different. You know, they're made different than everyone else. And I think I belong with them guys. Yeah, man. Can't wait to see that, that bush on those shorts, man. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That, that apparel that you see, you know, your last name running down the, the leg of the, of the shorts, man. One day, Dakota, you know what I mean? And I told you before, you know, when we first uh, spoke, man, months ago, you know, almost it's almost a year ago, give or take. Um, yeah. and, I, and I'm watching you, Dakota, and I'm like, man, this kid, he's he's a firecracker. You know, I know you came off that last loss against J- Jaleel White, but at the same time, that was a good scrap. But I'm thinking, okay, he has to rack up some more wins and he'll get a call, and that's exactly what you're doing. So my thing is, overall, Dakota, um, talking about the UFC and you being a lightweight division, and let's just say one day you do get into the UFC, you know, who would you like to see, man? I would really like to, I mean, matchup-wise, you know, from my style and strength, there's so many, like you said, the 55 division is hands down the deepest division. The sexiest division, man. It, it's so tough, and that, but I wouldn't want it any other way. If you're going to be the best, you're going to fight the best, and, you know, what better than to be in the best weight class? It's, but, you know, I, I would imagine my first fight will probably be a short notice, you know, mm-hmm. whoever's whoever falls through or something and i don't care who it is you know that's that's my ticket in my foot in the door i'll fight whoever they want care who it is but and, and i noticed some of these fighters that came on the podcast before they're getting in as you like you said fill-in fighters you know i had this one fighter just fought just two weeks ago in fight island now he's going to be fighting next week on the february 6th card as a fill-in so i think it's smart man in and out no scratches on the face stay healthy stay ready because one day you're going to get that call easily yeah. yeah that's that's all i'm hoping for man is just staying in shape staying yeah. training you know i didn't get any, any bumps or bruises this fight so i'm healthy you know the only thing that sucks is the weight cut but all weight cuts suck so yeah you know this is part of the game so talking about the lightweight division um and i'm, I'm assuming you're a ufc fan yeah. so what do you think you, you've got poye and um Kind of going back at it, man, for that trilogy, or maybe just kind of wait it out and see what Chandler has to offer. I, I've been saying this for about three or four years now. I think Charles Oliveira would be fighter on the planet, and I don't think anyone touches him. And I think he deserves the belt against Poirier. I think they should fight for the undisputed title if Khabib's not coming back. But yeah, it's it's so deep and hairy there. It's so. It's so hard to pick fights, but if I had to pick, I would say Oliveira versus Poirier title, and then Chandler in with you know Gaethje maybe, and then they for the next title, yeah. the winner of that, something like that. Yeah, because I know I heard uh, just a couple of maybe a couple of hours ago, McGregor and uh, Dustin are talking in terms of maybe a trilogy fight now, and it'd be nice to see. But man, that that last fight, you know, the Diamond, whew, man, he put on a great show. You know, he shut up Connor and. Uh, you know, now everybody wants a piece of him. Yeah, he he showed up. I mean, at first, he looked like he wasn't settled in at first. You know, like he was, he didn't feel Connor's power. But once he got hit by Connor a couple of times, it seemed like he settled down and was like, oh, I can eat these punches all day. And 
you seeing Dustin come out at the end of the first and beginning of the second. I knew we were going to – I actually picked Dustin to win by the yeah, third TKO. So those leg kicks, you being a fighter in Dakota, like how bad were they, man? Just – because I'm pretty sure you received them. You've been on the receiving end of those, and you've been giving them, obviously. But getting hit like that, how does it affect your game plan? Because obviously it affected Connors. Yeah, calf kicks are hands down the worst. The worst pain in fighting. I mean, it's hard to explain. You know? It's like a dead leg in your calf, but it just aches and drops. And I've said, if you hit it enough, you're, it'll hit that nerve. Like, I don't know if you remember when Chandler and uh, I think like Cejudo, they got kicked and their like ankles started like folding under them yeah. and touched that nerve off. So you can do a lot of damage there and it's painful and it can really affect your movement, your, your power, everything. So. Who knows what where that's going to go in this game? You know, I mean, shit, they might outlaw it. <laughs> you know, given the final four with Oliveira and Poye and you know Connor obviously and Chandler um, and Gaethje, but for the most part, what fight would you want to see in the lightweight division? Personal preference, just as a fan, who oh, who would you want to okay. see? Yeah, I would love to see actually, just because I think he'd mob him, would be uh, Oliveira versus McGregor. I think it'd be a good style fight as well. If they stood on the feet, it would be fun to watch. But once it hit the ground, I think Oliveira subs him. Yeah, yeah, that kid's a beast, man. The dark horse, as we call them. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, talking more about the UFC, um, I've been a fan for a while. And uh, one of the fighters that I've been watching for a very long time was uh, James Vick. And seeing him retire the way he did, him getting knocked out the way he did, and him considered, what, the Homer Simpson of MMA – Man, you know, that's one way not to go out. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, it's, you know, he was, I think he was like 10 and 0 starting off in the like 9 and 1. Or, like, yes, top 10 for sure, right? He was just at one point finishing guys, rattling off wins. He's a monster at 55. And then it's like it just disappeared, you know, like his chin just vanished. It's, it's sad, kind of, you know, it's, it sucks because, you know, people bust their ass or, their whole life to get there and sometimes it's just gone quicker than you know what you it took to get there yep and i remember watching this i remember watching him on ultimate fighter years back and uh yeah. that moment where he fought gaichi and you know they're talking all this shit and you know he called he told gaichi i'm gonna send you back to the b league and you're gonna be on a three fight losing streak and uh damn yeah. tables turned dakota yeah that was that, i think that was the fight that you know really like took his chin from him that was Gaethje put him to sleep pretty pretty hard that fight. There's an analogy that I heard that a fighter has a handful of marbles, okay? And you put it on, let's say you put it on a, you know, a little store, a little table, and you have all these marbles. And every time you walk by a marble, you take a piece. Every time. So over time, sooner or later, those marbles are going to pretty much diminish and there's going to be nothing left. And, yeah. I, and what I'm referring to is the kicks, the hits, you know what I mean? The knocks you're getting. Yeah. And uh, sometimes these fighters get hit in a certain way and they're never the same again. Yeah, it's like, you know, in like other sports like uh, football or something, you know, say you lose your speed gradually or your strength. But like in fighting, your chin doesn't gradually disappear. It's it's there. It's not, you know. If you look at just previous fighters all in the past, like Liddell and people like that who could you know, take so many huge hits and stuff, but then by the end of their career, you know, a jab would be knocking them out. So yep. that's why, you know, we don't really spar that hard because, like I said, I already know how to fight. I don't have to be getting in fights, you know, training. 
I just need to get in shape and, you know, get my technique toned in and be ready to roll. I I really think, you know, a lot of fighters are going to that, you know, not sparring hard anymore. Well, Max Holloway, for instance, doesn't spar at all. all. Yeah. Yeah. And, And look at him. I mean, shit. That was one of the best performances we've ever been blessed with. It was a beautiful display. Yeah. Well, again, you know, that's why I feel like it's important, you know, and we talked about it before, um, in and out, Dakota, you know, in and out. Yeah. Like you say, you don't get paid by the hour. And the less damage you exactly. take, the better the body, you know, the better the opportunity and the sooner you get your foot through the door. Going back to talking about legit UFC fighters, let's talk about this fight between Ben Askren and this uh, Paul kid, man. What do you think? What do you think as a fighter, man? As an MMA fighter, what do you think? I, I mean, I get the whole concept of, you know, why this is coming to fruition, you know, because people are going to buy it. They're going to make money. So why wouldn't a fighter, if, you know, if they offered me to fight one of them, yeah, sure, I'm going to jump all over it because I'm going to get paid, you know, really well for it. So I, I get all that. But on the other hand, it's just so frustrating because, you know, there's millions of guys like me that have been busting their ass forever. And we're just, you know, clawing at that door, trying to just get in. And, you know, you got these clowns that, have no biz fighting and you know they're making millions and hand over foot over you know even upper fighters like Poirier and guys like that who deserve it but yeah I was at a buddy's house Dakota and we're talking you know UFC whatever and uh uh the 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 Paul conversation came up Paul versus Mayweather and then of course this other Jake Paul kid versus Askren and I really don't know a lot too much about these Paul kids but I, I remember his uh 12 year old son came out and pretty much gave me a rundown on who this Paul kid is and Again, that's their fan base is these kids that are, you know, that follow YouTube and watch all this YouTube stuff. And that's pretty much his fan base. So I get it. But it's like, you know, why are you dipping into our world? You know, and I I consider, when I say our world, I consider the MMA world because I'm a huge fan. And like he picks aspirin and I know he doesn't have hands, but at the same time, you know, he kind of picked the easy way out. And if you really wanted to get murked, you know, there's a couple of fighters that were that were willing to knock his ass out for the yeah. money that they're going to get paid. But overall, like, you know, I think he should do your boxing thing, go over there, make your money. But when you come into the MMA world and start picking on our guys, you're going to get fucked up. Oh, yeah. And what's sad is, like, Astrid's hands are not the greatest. And, you know, I, I pray to God he can beat up on the guy. I really hope it happens. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Any other fighter you're going to pull from MMA, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I got this Askren guy getting him and maybe – how, how many rounds is the fight? I'm not even sure. I haven't yeah. even, you know, looked into any of the details. I'm trying to trying to not pay attention. To it. <laughs> it's hard. It's like everywhere, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. damn, there it is again, ESPN. You know, MMA junkie, you know, there it is. Um, but speaking of hands, what do you think about Van Zandt fighting this week? Bare knuckle fights against, I believe, oh, Hart, if I'm not mistaken. Do you think yeah, she can pull it off? I don't think that's a good idea for her either. I mean, I guess she's a fighter because, I mean, I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. do bare knuckle. There ain't no way. I mean, I'm sure they're paying really well. And I'm, I'm sure Paige is getting paid really nice. But she's got to be a fighter. So, I mean, hats off to her. You know, I, I hope she does well. But I just don't think she's got the stand up and boxing as well as so much different than like MMA striking, you know, it's so much more singularly than like MMA and boxers. It is a science, you know, it is, they have their movements down that we're not used to and vice versa. So I don't think it's a good idea for her. 
Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to wrapping the hands and and you know partaking in a bare knuckle fight, do they wrap your hands differently or is it the same concept? Because again, it's bare knuckle. They at least wrap your hands, right? Yeah, I think they just wrap, you know, like the the tops and your wrists and stuff, so you don't like break your wrist. Yeah, but I think knuckles and every pretty much it's damn man, that's it's like brutal. backyard shit, man. Oh man, well good luck to uh, Van Zat. You know, she's a pretty girl, but at the same time, it's I remember when she first announced it, I'm thinking like, what? Like I thought she didn't go to Bellator, you know, or yeah, you know, so another promotion, thing. but bare knuckle, yikes! Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we'll see. So um, this weekend, Overeem versus uh Volkov, who do you got? You know, I, I think Overeem probably going to get it done. Uh, you know, he's uh, – I just think he's got more of a dog in him than Volkov does. But, you know, Volkov's a big dude. He's long, you know, lanky, and he's got power. But I, I would put my money on Overeem. Man, Overeem's been fighting since I was probably in eighth grade, Dakota. I'm yeah, 34 now, you know. <laughs> he fought in pride, and, man, he was, he's been – I think he's got like 60 fights or so. Yeah, remember that uh, rip lip you had? Yeah. Yeah, man. That was, that was a good one. Um, another one, the Sandman versus Frankie Edgar, the OG. Who are you going with? I, I, I mean, my heartstrings are pulling for Frankie. I really want Frankie to get in, in the wind column, you know, and try to make another run. But, man, Sandhagen's a lot bigger, a lot, you know, longer. And I just think he's younger. And, you know, his skill set's a little more polished right now than Frankie's. And, uh, I think Dan Higgins is probably going to get it done. I think he gets it done via submission. Yeah. Maybe the second, third. But uh, yeah, that boy's bad, man. He's a bad boy. I still remember uh, Frankie Edgar days versus, uh, what was it, Green Maynard? Yeah. And, man, those were some yeah. epic fights. Yeah. It's like he rose from the dead. I was like, man, Edgar cannot get knocked out. Like, you punch him, he gets stronger. It, it wasn't That was insane. That was a fun time. I think, I don't know how many, I think he's had 30 fights or more in the UFC. He's only been finished one time, and that was by Ortega. Yeah, and I know that kid has a, a fight coming up for a strap already. Yeah, yeah. That should be a good one. Who do you got on that end? Uh, I hope Ortega wins, but I think Volkanovski is probably just going to. It's more polished. He's going to, you know, outwork him a little bit. And, nice, nice. Well, I, I don't know. It yeah. yeah. what Ortega shows up. Yeah, we'll see. So, Dakota, like I said, man, you know, I appreciate going back and forth with this UFC talk. I know sometimes we tend to dive into, you know, your lifestyle and uh, the fact that you do hunt so much. Let me ask you a legit question. How has hunting impacted your way of life, Dakota? Because I saw a neat IG posting that you had. How has just being in, out in the outdoors, you know what I mean, the snow, how has that, how has hunting overall impacted your life? Oh, man, there's. There's so many ways. Uh, you know, I've been hunting my whole life. My dad got me into it when I was a kid. And, you know, I used to hate just sitting there for hours. And, you know, it, it would just burn me up, you know, getting pissed off. Like, wow, this is stupid. We're not seeing shit. And, you know, you fast forward to now, I can't get enough of it. I just love, you know, it, it helps you with patience more than anything, you know, teaches you. You know, you're you're out here working for something and you know, speaking to animals or tracking them down or trying to, you know, outsmart them at their own game and it's uh this last camp actually too, you know, I a hundred percent, you know, everything I killed and caught everything. I didn't go to the store for nothing and you know, 
it was fulfilling, you know, to myself, being able to provide my whole camp with food and try to do that more now. And I really like doing that, but you know, it's just a way of life for me. If, uh, if I could hunt for a living and make money doing that, I would definitely do that over fighting. And I was going to ask you, so what would you rather have? Um, a kill with the bow over 60 yards or another 57 second KO? Ah, uh, man. You got to pick I gotta one. Go I got to go with the KO. For the sure. KO? Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, man, I, I can already envision this guy shooting 60 yards deep. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Any new ink? New uh, tattoos? Not since my last fight, but probably going to be getting some more here soon. Cool. So what's on the docket? I don't even know. Uh, I just kind of leave it up to him and he just... He kind of teaches me something. I'm like, yep, looks good to me. Let's roll with it. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right, Dakota, like I said, you know, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Where can we give you a follow at? On Instagram is at uh, Dakota Bush 155. And uh, Twitter is at Harry Bush underscore 155. Excellent. All right, Dakota, well, thanks for coming on, man. You know, I appreciate you giving our podcast a shout out. And, uh, you know, again, we're Punches Podcast. We'll see y'all next time.